Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. With the Feast of Candlemas, we draw to an end our celebration of Christmas and Epiphany and turn our faces towards Lent and the start of the most significant spiritual journey that any of us can make that leads to Passiontide and the joy of the resurrection at Easter. Do please leave a comment or a like, it's always good to hear from you. And if you'd like to help to, if you'd like to donate to help support these services, you'll find details in the accompanying text of how to do so. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our service begins. Jesus said to the Pharisees, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly.
A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist as we commemorate our patron saint, Bridget of Kildare. It's wonderful that you can join us online for this service. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The saints were faithful unto death and now dwell in the heavenly kingdom forever. As we celebrate their joy, let us bring to the Lord our sins and weaknesses and ask for his mercy. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you. 
pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
Almighty God, who enkindled in the heart of Bridget the living flame of your love, stir the cold embers of our hearts and lead us to the wellsprings of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honour and glory now and forever. Amen. A reading from the first letter of John. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we saw it and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing this, that our joy may be complete. This is the word of the Lord.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said to the Pharisees, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not heed them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hireling and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will heed my voice. So there shall be one flock, one shepherd. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Father, would you put your words upon my lips, and may I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I love this reading from the Gospel of John. It is the image of Jesus, God, as the Good Shepherd. It's very resonant for me because I used to think that I could get through life on my own strength. But not now. I welcome having a shepherd in control. I want to be led. It makes life in a way a bit easier. But also it acknowledges that I can't do everything. I can't be in control of everything. And we need to understand the image of the shepherd in the context of the time in which this was written. Shepherds were rough and ready, certainly not necessarily son-in-law material. They spent a lot of time out of doors, of course, but they were the unlikely heroes of their communities. The poor people relied on their sheep for survival, and so the shepherd who would look after those sheep was essential. It sounds a rather gentle business, but in those times it was very, very dangerous work. Thieves, lions, accidents could all end up with the shepherd dead. But there was an ethos that we need to understand, and that ethos was never leave the sheep. Even if you get into mortal danger, you never leave them. Rather, as a doctor these days, could not leave an operating theatre midway through an operation. The real shepherd gave everything for these dumb animals. But those animals weren't quite so dumb, maybe. They knew his voice. 
and he knew every single one as an individual, even though to outsiders, they all looked the same. He cared equally for the placid ones, the naughty ones, the grumpy ones. And the shepherd led the sheep from the front and would pick up a lost or wounded sheep front on and cuddle that sheep into his chest. What an image of God. I like it because it has a connection with the natural world. But it's also a connection with the real world of work. Not nature as a theme park, but as co-inhabitors with us of the planet. A very modern message, I think, in a way. Today is the saint's day of our patronal saint. And this reading has so many connections with our Celtic forebears. Their poetry and prayers are full of references to domestic and farm animals, the animals they shared their lives with and who they relied on. Anthropologists went around the communities collecting the most beautiful prayers and incantations, even spells. And here's a, here are a few that I really like on that same theme, nature, work. So here's one. So, excellence of corn, excellence of drinks, excellence of music, excellence of guiding, excellence of sea and land be thine, excellence of sitting, excellence of journeying, excellence of cattle, excellence of churning, excellence of curds and butter be thine. Isn't it just wonderful? You know, a prayer about everyday life, kind of making holy, really, everyday life, acknowledging that God's hand is in everything and touched by his hand, as the Benedictines have it, this world is made holy. There are other wonderful prayers too. I like the prayers for milking cows and the daily chores. This one. Bless, O God, my little cow. Bless, O God, my desire. Bless thou my partnership and the milking of my hands, O God. I think it's really, really touching. It's, it's, it's a world away, isn't it, from factory farming. It's about kind of partnership and a real tenderness towards the animals. And to me, that's at the heart of the, the whole Celtic way of looking at the world. I've got another one. I will kindle my fire this morning in the presence of the holy angels of heaven without malice, without jealousy, without envy, without fear, without terror of anyone under the sun but the holy son of God to shield me. It, it's more than just lovely words. It's an acknowledgement that we share the planet with creatures and that God loves them as he does us. And also, if we believe that one day the earth will be restored, not a distant heaven, but this earth remade, your kingdom come on earth as in heaven, then the animals will be joining us there too. And I'm very relieved about that because I look forward to seeing my lovely cats again because I'd miss them very much indeed if they weren't there in heaven. As someone once said to me, a parishioner, it wouldn't be heaven without my dog. I, I think I understand exactly what, what she meant. Which brings me finally to our dear saint. And her story is amazing. She was an amazing woman. I think as we, we know there's now a, a special a public holiday I believe in Ireland 
to, to recognise her. She was the patron saint of, um, I think, of lepers and beer makers and all kinds of other things. She's amazing. She set up kind of, um, monasteries or enclosed orders or orders where men and women were together, which was a really, really groundbreaking idea. Men and women studied side by side. And like all of the great Celtic saints, she had an affinity with nature, with creatures, and especially cows. Now, I'm going to read a little story about her, and then I'm going to say why I think it's so important. Here's the story. Hundreds of years ago, a saint named Bridget built a small hut under a small oak tree that became a huge oak tree in Kildare. When she first moved into her home under the oak, it was a quiet rural place with a forest and dandelion meadow and many wild creatures whom Bridget loved dearly. Have a word of Bridget's kindness and generosity and talent for healing spread and soon many pilgrims were making the journey to see her. And eventually a village grew up around Bridget's home and even the king made a pilgrimage to see her. He had a hunting lodge constructed in the forest nearby. In those days wolves still roamed the woodlands of Ireland and they were often seen around Kildare, and Bridget loved them, but the villagers were afraid of them, and they blamed them when a lamb or deer went missing, and they were probably right to do so. After a while, the king noticed that the deer were becoming scarce, and he offered to pay anyone who brought him a dead wolf one gold coin. Despite the price he put on the heads of the wild wolves, the king kept a tame one as a pet, He'd been giving it as a cub by a hunter who had killed his mother. And the king had brought this tame wolf with him when he came to Kildare. Unfortunately, one day the king's wolf got loose. He was an amiable beast and he was used to living with people. So the first thing he did was seek out the village and a woodcutter spotted the wolf heading towards the houses and shot the poor creature between its shoulder braids. And then, looking forward to his reward, he dragged the dead wolf all the way through the woods to the king's lodge. The king was full of grief and then anger and decided to execute the woodcutter. And so the villagers went to Bridget to beg for her help. She was really sorry to hear of the poor wolf's death and of the imminent death of the woodcutter. So she brought a horse and a cart from one of the villagers and set off to see the king, and as she steered the cart onto the dark road that led through the woods, she came to a huge, beautiful cross with a white wolf with deep, dark brown eyes and a long pink tongue, which he used to lick Bridget across the cheek, making her laugh. They made a strange pair as they approached the king's lodge. White wolves were rare, and the king fancied owning one, and Bridget asked if the king would pardon the woodcutter in exchange for the white wolf. And the white wolf spoke to her and said he was prepared to take the place of the king's lost pet. He knew he'd be rewarded with the best cuts of meat on offer all his long life. And so the king loped willingly to the king's the wolf loped willingly to the king's side and laid his head on his lap. The king stroked the great beast's ear and a look of wonder suffused his face. Bridget took the woodcutter back to the village and she told him, it's better that two wicked beasts go free 
than one innocent one gets punished. And no wolf was ever killed in that part of Ireland again, while St Bridget was still alive. It would be tempting to say it's maybe a myth or a, or a children's story, but I don't see it that way, actually. I see it as almost prophetic, a voice that calls to us to know that one day, one day the world will be remade and it will be astounding, it will be wondrous. It's a foretaste of heaven, I believe, that is offered by these kinds of stories. And what they do, I believe, is try to kind of re-wonder the world. As C.S. Lewis called it, that deep magic that most of us know something about. And so I love the stories of Bridget. I'm happy that she did some amazing work in the monastery. But oddly, it's the stories of the animals that most get into my heart and make, give me a tremendous sense of warmth, rather like those Celtic forebears of ours sitting around the, the large peat fire exchanging stories and maybe having an ale or two. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the creed. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten and not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have promised to hear the prayers of all who ask in faith. We pray thanks for the life, work and legacy of our patron, St Bridget of Kildare. For the people of Ireland, who celebrates her at this time, together with the passing of winter and the hope of spring. We pray for the Irish chaplaincy, for the people of Kildare, for those who visited London this week, for our new relationship with them, and for all around the world who are united as sisters and brothers in the name of St Bride. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Direct the leaders of nations, 
and all in positions of power, to learn peace. Open their eyes, their ears and their hearts to the reality and suffering of the innocent victims, the communities, families and children who will bear the scars of war and conflict around the world. Particularly, we pray for all affected by the conflict in Ukraine, as, approaching one year on, the violence continues. Help us as we seek to transform unjust structures of society, to challenge violence of every kind, and pursue peace and reconciliation. Following in the footsteps of St Bridget and her care of nature, support every one of us as we learn to tread more lightly upon the earth, removing our dependency on convenience and acting more responsibly as we strive to safeguard the integrity of creation and sustain and renew the life of the earth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless this community of St Brides, our gathered congregation, visitors, neighbours in the City of London, and our ministry to the people of Fleet Street, the printers and news media. Protect each of us and those we love as we go about our daily tasks. Particularly, we pray for our friends whose work will put them at risk or in danger. We pray thanks for our freedom to worship and to grow as a family by those who find us through curiosity and the welcome of baptism, and for all who make our worship possible and meaningful. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all who suffer in body, mind or spirit. Particularly, we pray for those we know in our families and in our circle of friends. Also, for all those strangers who have no one to pray for them. We pray the support of all who care for others and hope for healing and renewal of good health. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those whose memories we cherish, but we see no more. May those memories continue to fill our hearts with love as we release the souls into your everlasting care and peace. May we see that love in others and show it in our lives that we too find that peace. We make our prayers through the love of your servant, St. Bridget. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for the sake, for the sake of, your of your Son, our, our Saviour, Saviour Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? May the God of peace sanctify you. May he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before him at the coming of our Lord Jesus with his saints. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God
accept our praise as heavenly Father through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, 
but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. God of truth, whose wisdom set her table and invited us to eat the bread and drink the wine of the kingdom, help us to lay aside all foolishness and to live and walk in the way of insight that we may come with Bridget to the eternal feast of heaven through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. give you grace to follow his saints in faith and hope and love. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.